This is the story of the girl who sailed around the world, Jessica Watson, read by a little lunch actor, Madison Liu. First tip. If you're trying to prove to millions of people that you can sail around the world all on your own when you're 16, it's probably best not to crash into a humongous ship while taking a nap. Jessica Watson makes fun of herself now, but when it happened, it was both terrifying and mortifying. It was a trial run, a chance to prove to the party poopers that she could really do it. That a kid in a pink boat was someone to be taken seriously. Then it happened. It was part roar, part screech, part scrape, part crash. Whatever it was, it was a sound Jessica had never heard before. She jolted awake as a boat spun violently. A quick glance up the steps from her cabin to the deck revealed a tower of black steel. It was the ship's hull. A 63,000 ton ship's hull. 63,000 tons. That's six Eiffel Towers, 400 single-story houses, 600 blue whales, 8,500 elephants, 750,000 adult red kangaroos. You get the picture. It was gigantic. Jessica leapt to the cockpit and gripped the tiller tightly, trying desperately to steer away. But there was nothing she could do. As the monstrous ship's stern approached, Jessica cowered in the bunk of her ship with her hands over her head. In what seemed like slow motion, her boat tips sideways. Furniture shattered and splintered around her to a warped soundtrack of explosions from above. And then, like a roly-poly round-bottomed doll that's impossible to knock over, Jessica's boat sprang right back up. The ship had passed unscathed. Jessica's boat, or Ella's Pink Lady as she had named her, was not looking so pretty. Her mast was broken, mainsail tangled, and deck littered with broken rigging. My poor boat, my poor boat, my poor boat. That was Jessica's shell-shocked chant, whispered between vomiting overboard, over and over and over and out. She phoned home, reassuring her worried sick family that she was okay, but that she would need to return to land. She reluctantly started the engine and began to slowly put the six hours back to shore. But hold it right there. This isn't a story of defeat. While the average Joe or Josie may have given up after such a death-defying brush with terror, Jessica Watson was no average Joe or Josie. If things had happened a few years earlier, things may have been different. When she was a little a kid, she was scared of almost everything. Heights, 
speed, even water. She was the last of her three siblings to ride a bike, to swim. She didn't even want to try sailing when her parents signed her up for lessons at the local yacht club. Jessica was also dyslexic, which means she struggled to read, to write and to spell. Words on pages appeared jumbled, just like the world itself, confusing and scary. She didn't know her place in it. Then, one night, a new chapter began, literally, when her mum read her a story called Lionheart. It told the tale of a boy called Jesse Martin, how he had sailed around the world alone at age 16. It wasn't Jesse's amazing achievement that sparked something inside of Jessica that night. It was the fact that Jesse was just an ordinary boy. I'm an ordinary girl, Jessica said to herself. Second tip. If you're trying to follow Jesse Martin's around-the-world journey, it's probably best to get a bit of practice in. At the ripe old age of 11, Jessica began to daydream about what it would be like to float all alone in the middle of a vast blue sea. She imagined being tossed between giant waves, like a flimsy piece of flotsam. She asked herself, could you handle it? When the answer was yes, Jessica, at 13, declared to her parents that she would become the youngest ever person to sail solo, unassisted and non-stop around the world. Of course, that's not something you can just do without any planning. And Jessica had to show her family that she would be able to manage it. So, Jessica trained and trained and trained. She sailed thousands of miles, crewed loads of vessels, and even skipped a voyage across the Tasman Sea. Extra awesome for someone who couldn't even drive a car yet. And it wasn't just sailing she had to practice. Jessica had to become part astronomer, part mechanic, part seamstress, part nurse. She learned to read the stars as a way of navigating. How to fix engines, stitch sails, and care for herself if she ever became injured or sick. She put an ad in the yachting magazine asking for volunteers to help her get her boat ready for an epic adventure. And she made endless phone calls to companies begging for cash to help her pay for it all. The money she made washing dishes at the local restaurant wasn't going to cut it. But it wasn't any of those enormous tasks that Jessica thought were the hardest. The single toughest part of it all was convincing the wider world that she could do it, that an ordinary girl could do it. Third tip. If there are paparazzi camping around your neighbourhood in hope of snapping a sad-looking photo of you, it's probably best to sail far, far away. When Jessica arrived back on land, after her collision with the container ship, she was mobbed by the media. And not in a cool Hollywood red carpet kind of way. The sneaks staked her out, 
offering money to the neighbors so they could hide while waiting for the perfect moment to capture her looking lost. Little did they know that while Jessica was embarrassed, she was more determined than ever to get on with it. The crash had shown her that she could stay calm in the heaviest conditions. She could do it. She would do it. But as she rebuilt her boat, the party poopers grew in numbers. Sailing experts called Jessica and her family irresponsible and ignorant. Even the Premier of Queensland urged them to reconsider. Talk about a downer. As Jessica finally set sail, for real this time, she wasn't scared at all. She was relieved to be leaving all the bullies behind. Fourth tip, if a big storm comes along, you should be prepared to dance on the ceiling. Jessica was doing it. She was fulfilling her dream and having a blast. She spent her day surrounded by squeaking dolphins and jumping squid. Yes, jumping squid. In fact, the squid would jump right onto her boat, practically offering themselves up like an all-you-can-eat seafood smorgasbord. Jessica ate a lot of calamari, which was lucky because she only caught one actual fish the whole trip. Hey, she's a sailor, not an angler. But she knew it wouldn't be all squeaking dolphins, jumping squid and smooth sailing. It was in the Atlantic Ocean, about halfway around the world, when the worst storm hit. Ella's Pink Lady was pummeled by 10 meter waves. As the thunderous roar of the water grew near, Jessica braced herself. She ran up the cabin walls and onto the ceiling as the boat rolled completely upside down. She flipped three more times that night and for the first time, Jessica wondered if she might not make it out of there alive. But the dark thought was quickly gone. Even if the boat broke into pieces, Jessica vowed to hang on. She would hang on to anything and she would live. She knew she just couldn't and wouldn't bring her family any grief. Not after everything they had already been through. Fifth tip. If the Prime Minister of Australia calls you a hero, it's okay to disagree. After seven months at sea, barely seeing any land, and not coming into proper contact with another human being. Jessica had made it. She sailed into Sydney Harbour, surrounded by other boats and helicopters. She stepped off her beloved boat and onto the dock with wobbly sea legs. Her family were waiting with outstretched arms and happy tears streaming down their cheeks. Jessica was mesmerised as she was led along a pink carpet through a crowd of 
thousands of cheering fans and onto a stage where the Prime Minister of Australia was waiting. The Prime Minister made a speech calling Jessica Australia's newest hero. She took the microphone and shook her head. I don't consider myself a hero, she said. I'm an ordinary girl who believed in her dream. An ordinary girl who always knew she could do it. And she did. Thanks for listening to this story about a really fierce girl. I'm Madison Liu, Melanie from Little Lunch. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on other great stories like this one. Every evening in millions of homes across the globe, aromas waft from ovens and the chorus of nagging begins. Eat your broccoli, don't waste your food. A kind of spoilt girl named Ronnie Khan screwed her nose up at vegetables until her parents surrendered and cooked her nothing except chips and chops. But that kind of spoilt girl grew to become someone who wanted to change the world. She made a name for herself as an uber-successful businesswoman, throwing lavish parties for important people. And instead of throwing the leftover food in the bin, she would donate it to a homeless shelter. The idea took off. Businesses, restaurants, everyone wanted to help. And soon, Ronnie had saved 80 million meals. That's equal to breakfast, lunch and dinner for every person in Australia. Her charity, Oz Harvest, is still growing today. And she has even started to eat her vegetables. So cool. So what are you waiting for? Go tell all your fiercely excellent friends. Remember to never give up, believe in your dreams, and if you want something bad enough, you go get it. Because nobody's going to give it to you for free. Keep being fierce. Fierce. Girl power. Girl power. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women. Its executive producers are Justine Kelly and Monique Bowley. It's produced by Laura McAuliffe and Rebecca Armstrong. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. Judy Rapley is the amazing audio engineer who puts in the cool sound effects like this one. (coughs) Kelly Reardon is the boss who lets us make fierce podcasts like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of the ABC Audio Studios.